Hey everybody and welcome to week three and the last week of this short little three-week series called Made for This, where we've been over the last couple of weeks zooming out to ask some really big questions like how did we get here on this earth and why? And then last week, what's the big problem with the world and other people and even the big problem in our own lives, kind of behind all the other problems? What's the big problem? And what's the solution for that problem? We talked about that last week. So you might want to get caught up if you've missed either of the last two weeks. So uh, you'll, you're, you'll be up to speed because what we're going to do in the next few minutes is bring it all together and answer this big question right here. So where do we fit in? Where do I fit in? Where do you fit in? Where do we all fit in in this big, grand scheme of things? Because if you look at our world, it's obvious there's a lot we don't know. It's obvious there's a lot we don't understand. I know that people say they got it figured out, and sometimes, and unfortunately, even Christian people look at things and say, yeah, I know what's going on, I know what's going on, I got it figured out, I got it figured out, but nobody has it fully figured out. Uh, we look at the world and we see the crisis, we see all the war, we see shootings, we see issues, problems with the economy, and all of the questions surrounding the environment and the scuttlebutt and disagreement with that stuff. We look at the disease everywhere, and we look at the natural disasters that happen. You look at all of that and, and tell me that you understand everything that's going on, precisely the reasons why it's all happening? No, no. It's, that's beyond my pay grade. That's beyond your pay grade. Those are things that only the mind of God can fully contain. But I'll tell you what it does to me and you. As human beings, it creates fear and worry. It creates blame, and there's always somebody looking to blame somebody, and there's always a lot of blame, plenty of blame to go around, and a lot of fingers pointing everywhere. And to be honest, all the threats and this is your fault and this is their fault and this is because of them and this is because of him and all that kind of, oh man, it's just, it's a mess. And then the media gets a hold of this and doesn't help. The media is not known for calming us down and helping us focus. No, it's like they keep us whipped up into a frenzy. The media doesn't help us up much at all when it comes to uh, all this stuff. And it makes you ask, you know, what's next? What's next? I mean, you hear people talk and it's going to get better. No, it's going to get worse. Oh, is this the end of the world? Is this the end of the world? Some type of an approaching apocalyptic experience or moment? Yeah, lots of questions. But here's what we do know. Listen very carefully. And I'm going to give you just general terms here, but here's some things we do know. In the middle of all the things we don't know and all the things we don't understand, we do know from the Scriptures, and we do know from the teachings of Jesus, that it won't always be this way. That's good news. It will not always be this way. In fact, there is a coming judgment. You cannot read the Scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, and deny the fact that there is eventually going to be a reckoning with evil. A reckoning, a judgment, a, an accountability on the divine scale that will occur. I have a lot of questions about that. You have a lot of questions about that. And God's Word speaks to a lot of those things. But it's coming. Now that's not something to be afraid of. And that's not necessarily something to create worry. But to be aware. 
And here's something else we know. We know that there is a world coming, a new world coming, a new life coming that's going to restore things back to to how they originally were intended to be in the Garden of Eden when God created everything perfectly and everything was then as God fully intended and one day will be that again. We know that day is coming. Now, there's a lot of details and there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but there is a day coming when the Scripture puts it like this, God will make all things new. Boy, that sounds good to me. When I look at the world and the mess we're in, to, for God to make all things new, and, and at the end of the Scriptures, here's, here's the picture, that God is now with His people. We will be with Him and He will be with us and King Jesus will reign forever and ever. But we're not there yet. Just look around. It ain't like that yet. It's not my experience, not your experience. So what about now? What about now? What about me and you today? Where do we fit in? That's a big question. I mean, to all these things we don't know and understand. Now, there are some people that that kind of over, try to oversimplify it, I think, and I'm all for simplifying things. I love things that are simple. But I think they try to oversimplify it, and they kind of miss the point when they say the whole point of life is for you and I to just trust Jesus and put our faith in Jesus so that He'll get us out of here and get us to heaven as soon as possible, right? Just get saved and get ready to get out of here. That's the only thing that matters. Well, there's some truth in that, but that's not the best way to understand it because just, right, side note. If God's primary goal was to get me and you to heaven, and that was it, to get us out of here, off this earth, and get us to heaven as quickly as possible, then as soon as people like me and you began to put our trust in Jesus, we'd kill over dead. He'd take us out of here immediately, and you would know, oh, that person just put their trust in Jesus. They fell over dead, right? Because if the goal was to just get us out of here and get to heaven, God has a lot easier ways to make that happen. No, no, there's a bigger picture. There is something about here and now that is very, very important to how I fit into the story and how you fit into the story and how we fit into the story together. Here and now, it's about a personal response and a personal responsibility. Yeah, you and I are to embrace Jesus, to put our faith and trust in Him, and I hope you are learning what it means to trust Him. I hope, even maybe for the first time, As you're watching this, you begin to find yourself putting your trust in Jesus as your Savior and forgiver and follow Him in your life. So it is important for us to have a personal response, but also to take responsibility to join Him in His work and in His mission. This whole thing where we fit in is not just about a personal salvation to get me and you saved and get us the heck out of here before the whole thing blows up. No, 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 no. No, it it does involve a personal salvation, but a bigger picture as well, the bigger mission as well. So let me paint a picture for you of what that bigger picture is and where I fit in and where you fit in and where we all fit in together. So I'm going to take you on a little journey, and towards the end, it'll all come together. So here we go. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, it became very clear what his primary message was. 
Now, Jesus was about 30 years old when his public ministry, his kind of public out there, everybody knows who he is and what he's about and what he's doing. When all that became evident, he was about 30 years old. And for about three years, he um, did his public ministry. So at the age of 30, it became really clear what Jesus' primary focus was going to be. It was going to be the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is near, is here. That was his primary focus. That was his primary message. Now, we'll explain it in a minute. But his primary focus was the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven is here. And those are used interchangeably, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Now, notice what Jesus' message primarily was not. You read the scriptures, read the account specifically of Jesus' ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first four books of the New Testament. And you will not find that Jesus' primary message was, put your faith in me, get saved, so I can get you the heck out of here as soon as possible. That was not his primary message. His primary message was also not proclaiming the end of the world. It was not doom and gloom and some type of apocalyptic, run for the hills. No. His primary message was not, God is mad at you. God is ticked at humanity. And you better watch where you step. Now, his primary message was about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. And that it's not some faraway idea or faraway reality. No, it is near, it is here. So, for, for our purposes in the next few minutes, and again, we'll bring all this together towards the end. Let's define what we mean by the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, for our purposes here to understand, is the reality of the will and way of King Jesus in our life and in the world. The reality of the will and way of King Jesus in our life and in the world. That's the kingdom of God. That's how we understand what the kingdom of heaven is. Wherever the reality of the will and way of King Jesus is, in the world around us and specifically in our lives, anywhere and everywhere you find the reality of the will of King Jesus at work, the way of King Jesus, King Jesus at work, that is described as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And beginning in His earthly ministry... Right at the very beginning, Jesus made it very clear that's what his focus was. Now, one of the first things that happened to Jesus right after his public ministry began, he was baptized. And right after he was baptized by John the Baptist, he, for 40 days, was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. So, 40 days, he's out by himself in the wilderness and endured these three specific temptations that we've taught on before that uh, came from Satan, and, and he passed with flying colors. I mean, he resisted those temptations. And after that was done, then he began focusing on what his primary focus was. And Matthew records that from that time on, that time on being after the temptation of Jesus, those 40 days where Satan was giving him a hard time trying to trip him up, and he proved that he was the Son of God to Satan and made no bones about it. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. So this was his focus. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, that word repent, 
I don't know, if you're like me, it kind of makes the hairs in the back of your neck stand up a little bit. Because when I was growing up in church circles, you know, that word, um, it's like last week we talked about the word sand, right? I'd hear the word repent, 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 like I had three syllables instead of two, repent. Um, no, it's repent. It was overused, became a cliche, and I think so many people just don't understand what this word is all about. Uh, but, it, but it's a very important word. Even though it can be overused and misused and people miss the point, the word repent literally means to change your mind. It comes from the Greek word metanoia, which means a change of mind, a change of thinking. So when Jesus said repent, he was saying, hey, people need to change the way you think about the kingdom of God. You need to change the way you, you think about the kingdom of heaven. Because it's not far away in some distant future, maybe one day, some way, you know, somewhere way out there over the rainbow kind of thing. No, 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 no. He's saying, repent, change your mind, change your thinking. The kingdom of heaven has come near. It is here. It is close. And if it was near and here then, it is certainly still near and here today. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And if you follow the teachings of Jesus, you'll see it. Time and time again, he would teach on the kingdom of God. And he would give analogies, and he would do this often. The kingdom of God is like, and then he would tell a story. The kingdom of God is like this, and then he would tell another story. He wanted to help people understand what the kingdom of God was all about. What this reality of the will and the way of King Jesus was like when it intersected our lives and the world around us. In fact, Jesus' most famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7 is where we read this. It has often been described that this sermon really was about describing the way and the, and the thinking and just the overall boundaries of what the kingdom of God was all about. The way of thinking and the way of living in the kingdom of God. Is described in Matthews 5, 6, and 7 in the Sermon on the Mount. It's kind of like the big topic of the whole thing because he talks about a lot of different things. Like specifically in one part in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer as something that most of us are very familiar with. Even if you're not really a church-going person, you're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer contains within it just another bit of evidence what Jesus' focus was and what Jesus wants our focus to be. I mean, look, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, we find these words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Now, if it stopped right there, you would think somewhere out there, way, you know, off into the future. But keep reading. We are to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's the will and way of King Jesus. That's what the kingdom is about. On earth as it is in heaven. Wait a second on earth as it is in heaven, like right now, like today. Because uh, some people will say, no, that's way out in the future. The kingdom of God is way out in the future sometime in the future. No, because if you look at the Lord's Prayer, it's a prayer that is to be realized in the present tense. Because he goes on to say, give us this day, this day, not that day, not another day, not 10 years from now day. No, this day, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Now, as we forgive people now. And so this whole Lord's Prayer is to be understood and realized in the present. So, when Jesus said, you need to pray, 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was talking about here and now today. Let me take you one step further. One of the most defining things Jesus ever said about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, just proves this, just drives this even deeper, even more personal to you and me. And one day he was having this conversation with Pharisees, and Luke records it, and Luke 17 says, Jesus, grilled by the Pharisees on when the kingdom of God would come. Now stop right there. Pharisees came to Jesus and they're like firing questions. That's what it means to be grilled. You know, someone's grilling you. What about this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And all of their questions were focused on the fact that they were trying to pinpoint a time in the future when the kingdom of God would come. Like the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven was this up, up there, way out there, outside entity apart from us that there's some point on the calendar, there's some type of sign or, or something that we can look you know, like a UFO sighting maybe or something, and I'm not quite sure if they had seen UFOs yet. Um, I'm not, don't go anywhere. Um, they were asking all kinds of questions, trying to figure out what this kingdom of God thing was all about. Like it was way out there somewhere. And this is how Jesus answered. He was being grilled. Jesus answered, the kingdom of God doesn't come by counting the days on the calendar. Not like, you know, it's going to be here, it's going to be there, in five years, in 50 years, in 500 years. It's not about counting the days of the calendar, nor when someone says, look here, or there it is. You know what? People have been doing that for years. People have been doing that for decades. People have been doing that for centuries since then. Trying to pinpoint a time on the calendar. Here's the kingdom of God is coming, and it's going to be this date, and it's going to be this year, and it's going to be that. He says, no, it's not about that. When you hear people trying to pinpoint a day and time, like the kingdom of God is way out there somewhere and it's going to come, you know, and, and things are going to, no, no. Jesus said, no, see, the kingdom, the kingdom of God, that was his primary message, has come near, is here, and you need to be praying. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus responds to the Pharisees and just kind of throws down, here's a mic drop moment, and he walks off kind of thing. And why? Why is it not something on the calendar that you pinpoint and say, it's over there, here it comes? Because the God's kingdom, because God's kingdom is already among you. Already among you. Now that phrase, already among you, literally in the original Greek is translated within you. It is already within you. The kingdom of God is not a date on the calendar somewhere out there in the future. This was Jesus' message in the first century. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is within you, is already among you. The kingdom of God does not come through politics. Jesus said it's already here. The kingdom of God does not come through cultural domination. No, because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is already here among you, within you. And listen, the kingdom of God does not even come through war because the kingdom of God, Jesus says, is already here. The kingdom of God comes through the bold yet humble lives of Jesus' followers, living as he did, loving first, showing mercy, giving grace, forgiveness, offering peace. The kingdom of God is about the participation and unity of a community of faith 
brothers and sisters, children of God, subjects, if you will, of King Jesus, who lived their lives as Jesus lived His, characterized by sacrifice, by serving each other, by giving. As He gave. He gave everything. You'll see, so the kingdom of God, it's not a date on a calendar. It's not this outside entity focused on some other place and other space that one day it'll get here and one day it'll come and one day we'll, we'll get out of here and we'll go there. No, 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 that's not the best way to understand it. The best way to understand it is that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, has come near. It is here. And so when you pray, you need to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth today, on earth as it is in heaven, because the kingdom of God is already among you, within you. Now, the way this brings up, I know that's a lot, okay? And I, and I went through that fast. I know that that's a lot. I get it. It's, it's a big topic. You're probably sitting there, or some of you are sitting there, and you're, or hopefully you're still sitting there and you've got a left. Well, well, what about heaven? This is so different than, than what I've always understood and thought. What about, what about heaven then? What's heaven? Well, heaven, as we like to call it, is when the kingdom of God is fully realized, fully materialized, when it has fully come here and fully become a reality. Heaven is the complete realization in every way, the full materialization of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven. And you can look around and you can realize, well, we're not there yet. No, nope, we're not. We're not. But it is my job and your job, as we will see in just a moment, to do our part of welcoming the will and the way of King Jesus in our lives and in this world to fulfill what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is already, it's already among you. A couple weeks ago, well, probably now, closer to a month ago, right in the middle of all this COVID-19 stuff, everybody was fully, you know, focused on stay at home and all that. And it was pretty depressing. I think we had had a pretty long string of really cool days and it was kind of gray and gloomy. And, and you could just kind of tell it was wearing and tearing on people. Uh, just this whole staying at home, quarantine, staying at home, quarantine. And I was scrolling through Instagram and I noticed something that, one of my friends posted, this is a friend who is a pastor in the state of Kentucky. His name's Trevor, and I've talked about Trevor before. A good friend of mine. Trevor's very smart, and I like to quote him because he says a lot of good things. But he, he put something on his Instagram that caught my attention. And, and he was kind of describing this gloomy feeling that we all were dealing with. And man, we don't like it this way. We can't wait till it's back to normal, you know, whatever normal is. And so he, he started to describe, you know, his own personal longings and the longings, I think, that identify with just so many of us. And he was actually describing heaven, but in terms of the kingdom of God. So I want to share with you what he wrote in his Instagram post. Trevor said, most of all, I find myself dreaming of the new world to come. A day, I love this. When the kingdom of God will be fully known. A world where our hearts won't hurt anymore. A place where our deepest longings are fulfilled. A world where nothing will be wrong or missing. 
a place we will call home forever. A world where all things will be made new. A new world made possible by Jesus. See, I, I think that just beautifully lays out what heaven is really all about. When this will and way of King Jesus fully materializes, fully becomes a reality in our lives and in the world around us, and no, we're not there. But until then, we are to be the highlights of the kingdom of God, the representatives of the kingdom of heaven, which brings us to our role, our job, and our focus. It brings us to a place where we can answer the question, where do we fit in? Here's where I fit in. Here's where you fit in. Here's where we all fit in. We fit in as we be and bring. We are here to be and bring the will and way of King Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. That, that's where we fit in. That's my role. That's your role. That's our job, regardless of your title, regardless of you know, how much money you make, regardless of where you live, what your house is like, who your family was, where your education was, and all that kind of stuff. Regardless, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's where you fit in. To be and bring the will and way of King Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. You could substitute so much to help that just come to life for you. Here's where we fit in. To be and bring the will and way of King Jesus in my life as it is in heaven. In your life on this earth as it is in heaven. In our marriages as it is in heaven. In our homes as it is in heaven. You want to focus? You want to focus for your family? You want to focus for your marriage? You want to focus for your relationships? What would it look like? If you were to do relationships in such a way, because here's the purpose, here's where you fit in, here's how you bring it all together, why we were put here on purpose for a purpose, how we deal with the problem of being independent from God and the solution of depending on Him, where we fit into all of that is even looking at our relationships and saying, I want to do my relationships in such a way that the will and the way of King Jesus becomes a reality in my relationships, in all of my relationships, in any of my relationships, in every one of them, on earth as it is in heaven. Look at your job. I don't know what your job is. I'm a pastor. And so you may think that's really easy. All of us have challenges. And so you look at all of our jobs. And what if we all looked at our jobs and said, the focus of my job is to bring the will and way of Jesus into reality, in my job, as it is in heaven. In my finances, as it is in heaven. So may I handle money in such a way that honors the will and way of King Jesus. And by the way, if you're wondering, how do you know what the will and way of King Jesus is? Well, he teaches us what his will and way is. That's why he's given us his scriptures, his word. The will and way of King Jesus in my finances as it happens in heaven. In my plans and in my goals and in my dreams as it is in heaven. Hey, listen, Summit Church, you know what our focus as a church should be? That we would 
usher in and focus and be and bring the will and way of King Jesus in the triad as it is in heaven. That's why we love first. To help people receive and share the love of Jesus. Because the more that happens, the more the will and way of Jesus, of King Jesus, will be realized in the triad as it is in heaven. It's really a question of whose kingdom are we living for? Right? Whose kingdom are you living for? You really only have two options, you know, my kingdom or Jesus' kingdom. You say, well, I didn't know I had a kingdom. Right? When you think of kingdoms, you don't just think of land and castles and like, you know, Camelot and all that kind of stuff. Think of, you know, realities. It's not land. That's where the Pharisees were missing it. They thought the kingdom of God was all about land and territory. And when, when are we going to take over? You know, the disciples often wonder that. When are we going to take over? Jesus said, no, no, no. Kingdom of God is here. It's near. It's already among you. It's already within you. So whose kingdom? is ruling and reigning within me. Is it my own? Well, that can look like a a lot of different things, right? Or is it the will and way of Jesus? Does the will and way of Jesus, the will and way of King Jesus, rule and reign in my relationships, rule and reign in how I spend my time and what I think and in my actions and in money and in my job and with my politics and with everything? Is the will and way of King Jesus? Is it becoming more and more a reality within me, within you, within us? Because that's why we're here. That's where I fit in. That's where you fit in. Now make no mistake. We were made for this. To be and bring the will of King Jesus, the way of King Jesus into reality. On earth as it is in heaven. In my life as it is in heaven. You just fill in the blank. You will not fill in the blank with anything that is not true when it comes to on earth as it is in heaven. Because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, touches and affects everything in every way. Nothing is left unchanged until that day when it becomes a full reality. Not just in my life and your life, but that day that's coming and we're not sure when that's going to happen, when the whole world will be made new because the kingdom of heaven will be fully realized in every way. Let that sink in. You and I were made for this. May our prayer, may my prayer and your prayer and our prayer together always be focused on this. May our prayer sound like forever live our King. Forever live our King, King Jesus, who reigns forever and help us bring His kingdom here in our lives and in the world around us through our relationships, through finances, through good times and bad times and crisis and COVID-19 and whatever's coming next through our questions, through our careers, through our family and our marriage. You you just keep filling in the blank in every way on earth as it is in heaven. In fact, here's what I want us to do. I want to ask you to do something with me right where you're sitting with the people that are in the room with you, if, if you have other people with you. 
I want us to finish our time with a time of prayer, praying the Lord's Prayer together. And I mean out loud. And it may seem kind of weird. You have to be kind of quiet or maybe just do it in your mind if you're by yourself. But if you're with other people, let's say this out loud together. Let's pray this out loud together because this is what Jesus said to pray. And maybe for the first time you begin to see this differently than you've ever seen it before because this is what Jesus said we should pray as we focus on being and bringing the will and way of King Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And Father, I ask that you would help that become a reality in our lives like never before. And in every way, and in every fabric, and in every facet of our lives, may we be and bring the will of King Jesus and the way of King Jesus, looking to Jesus as our example on earth as it is in heaven. And that happens now. That happens today. That happens every day. And may we set our sights on that every morning. And refocus on that throughout the day because this is what we were made for. This is where we fit in. Father, may that become a reality more than ever. As we anticipate the day when all things will be made new. In Jesus' name, amen.